and I'm here with another episode of Currently Binging, the podcast about all things TV and movies. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. Make sure you hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to my voice on. Also, take a few extra seconds, rate, comment. I'll greatly appreciate it. So we are discussing season two of Loki. This is going to be a quick one, but before we jump right into it, I want to make sure that I remind everyone that I am not a comic book expert. (laughs) So I am purely coming from this as a TV show slash movie viewer of all this Marvel content. So I may not get all of the Easter eggs. I may not understand everything, but that's why we have Google. So there's that. Also, there will be spoilers for anything Marvel related. So let's get into this. Season two of Loki, it dropped earlier this year, um, of course, on Disney Plus, it is a, or not earlier this year, but a couple of months ago, um, at this point now, it was around my birthday. It's still probably like a little over a month because it's only six episodes. But anyway, either way, (laughs) it dropped and it was a weekly drop because I, I believe the first two episodes dropped at the same time. And then after that was weekly, but it was a weekly drop because it was on Disney Plus, as we know, Disney Plus, I don't think I've ever seen or watched a show where all the episodes are dropped at once. I'm like trying to make sure I'm not going to regret saying that, but I really cannot think of a show where we didn't get all the episodes dropped week to week. So it was dropped week to week. Uh, there were six episodes. Like I said, we essentially picked up exactly where we left off. Um, not going to get too much into everything um like specifics of like this is what was happening but overall we know that um Loki is pretty much we find out time slipping uh there are a lot of branches being created on a timeline and part of the TVA's like purpose is to cut off those branches to protect the main timeline which come to find out and you all know I have notes so I'm looking at my notes because I made sure that I took in-depth notes (laughs) because a lot was happening um but essentially we kind of find out that there is like the ultimate timeline which I wrote it down I can't find it in my uh actual notes but essentially there's an ultimate timeline which they don't even know about. Like they think they're protecting this one timeline, but should something fail or happen to that timeline, to that timeline, Kang has let them know, them being Loki specifically, uh, that whatever happens to it, like pretty much they would all disappear. And there's the ultimate number one true, true source of truth, (laughs) which is the ultimate timeline. So, um, most of this, most of what is happening throughout the season is that the temporal loom is essentially failing because it's essentially being overloaded and being overloaded by the multiple, by the multiplying, um, branches. And so what ends up happening in the first version that we see before we start to see, um, Loki trying to go back in time to save the temporal loom and also his friends is that they go and they find what is his name mind you I have his name in my um in my 
freaking Ant-Man notes that I'm not looking at. Timely. They go and find Timely, which is another version of Kang. Mind you, the whole time, because Kang, I don't, I can't remember every single thing Kang said in season one. But essentially, that's season one is when we found out that there's variants of Kang. And um, we got to see one of those variants in um, Ant-Man and the Wasp. And... We ultimately see what happened happened to that version, like they end up being him and he ends up dying. But we already knew going into it that Kang was like, there's multiple versions of him. And so we're just expecting there to be an overload, uh, overload of Kang variants throughout the timelines in every single movie coming up uh, related to the multiverse because like that's the saga that we're in right now. But also because I talked about this a little bit, um, cause I did right before this episode talk about, um, the Marvels and talked about the JM, the JM problem, Jonathan Major's problem. So like, if you want to hear my full thoughts on that, you can go and listen to that episode. It's towards the end if you want to skip around. Um, but I think that there's just a lot of things that are, are, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Like we don't know as a viewer and I don't even know that the, the people behind the scenes, most of them even know what's happening. But apparently there are answers layered into the finale, which we'll get to in a minute, <laughs> that I couldn't find. But if you found them, please enlighten me. Uh, but anyway, so uh, they go, they have to, they go back in time. They pull Timely from 1893 and bring him to the present because essentially, like, he invented the um temporal loom and whatever he's created which should be able to help them stop it so they send him out there to try to go and insert this thing into the time loom like whatever is the time loom is coming temporal loom time loom temporal loom is coming out of uh, and when he when he tries to go and do it he essentially gets um I don't want to say disappeared, but like he starts disappearing because at this point, the timelines is just everything is out of control. The temporal loom is failing and nothing can stop it from failing. Like they're all going to die. And essentially we see them all die. But then we see uh, Loki wake up in another timeline. And so that's where we see him trying to keep going back in time. This is a, this is more towards the... Um, uh, in the finale but we see him keep going back in time trying to be like I can fix this I can fix this I can fix this which ultimately it comes down to a conversation that he has with um Kang which we don't see Kang as Kang for most of this season except for in the finale again we've seen the variant of Timely but we have not seen Kang like interacting with what with the actions and things that are taking place um in the current i hate to say timeline because there's we're in multiple timelines but in the current version of events that we're watching until loki's like oh wait i think i i think what is happening is that i need to stop sylvie because essentially if we go back to season one uh king's like oh you don't want to do that if you kill me i'm like literally paraphrasing um, if you kill me, like it will call chaos, da da da. But she kills him, and Loki has gone back so many times, nothing has seemed to help. So it seems like the only thing that could fix it is if Kang was never killed to begin with. And so we see him keep going back and trying to fight Sylvie 
and I'm in my mind, <laughs> I watch a lot of things. <laughs> I was just watching um, Blue Vito and I was like, this is why they can't make me no superhero because if somebody, if it comes between one, there's two things. One, if I'm fighting someone and they're fighting me like they want to kill me, there is nothing in my mind that's going to be like, oh, I'm not a killer. I don't want to kill them. I'm going to be in fight or flight, meaning I'm going to kill you if I have to kill you. <laughs> that's one. <laughs> two, if you come to the scenario where the only way, only way to save the world is to stop an event, and the only way to stop that event is that you may have to kill someone who just isn't reasoning is not a thing. You try to talk to them, you try to intervene and it's just not helping. I, there's a high probable chance <laughs> that, that I might just have to kill that person. Like what else can you do? Um, especially considering like we're not like these large human or they're they even really human. These large beings with all this, all this power who can do all these things. So it's like, it's either you or me. And nine times out of 10 is, or no, 10 times out of 10 is going to be me. So, uh, or it's going to be me saving myself. So it's going to be you. But anyway, so he's like having an internal dilemma because like he's grown um, close to Sylvie. Uh, he's grown close to a lot of the people who we see consistently in the TVA, Mobius, um, I think her name's like B-15, the hunter. Um, and then also Obi, who we were introduced to um, this season. But um, of course he's having like in conflicting internal emotions. And he's just like, I don't know. I can't, I don't know if I can kill her. I can't kill her. I can't kill her. Like he doesn't want to kill her. And so we see him keep going back, keep going back. And then finally Kang breaks it in. It's like... <laughs> Are we going to keep playing these games? Again, paraphrasing. Are we going to keep playing these games? Like, you only have one option here. And so, I think of all of the episodes, and granted, I wish that, which is why I find Jonathan Majors as Kang, like, invested, he's invested. But, like, because he has to play so many different variants of a person, I really do like how he um, portrays them. I think I talked about that for season one. Uh, that he was like, it was interesting how he's playing Kang, but you, and also I think I talked about it in Ant-Man and the Wasp because that all, that came out before all of the, um, I think it did before all of the legal issues started. But even here, like seeing the contrast between him playing timely versus him being Kang, but then when like Kang shows up and it's just like Kang's demeanor of they, that character just feels like an all seeing, all knowing <laughs> type of character and the, and the portrayal of it, that's what it's giving. Um, I don't know. It's very, it's very interesting. So when we have that whole, whole interaction, which I believe I was reading, um, the, I think it's entertainment weekly did an interview with the producer, Kevin Wright. Cause I was just like, okay, what happened? Let me make sure I have a high level sense. <laughs> before I get on here and try to talk about it uh, where they did their interview where they like talked to um, like the producers or the creators after a show ends and ask some questions. And I believe this scene, the scene between he who remains and Loki um, was rewritten. Like um, Tom Hiddleston took that whole script and like went off with um, and 
like studied it and thought about it and came back was like, oh, well, if we do it this way, and then him and Jonathan Majors, like wouldn't, and I'm, I'm literally paraphrasing. It was a lot of paraphrasing happening in this episode. Um, him and Jonathan Majors went, was like, okay, this is how we're going to do it. And they all came back like, this is how we're going to do it. So I'm pretty sure this is the scene that they're talking about because there wasn't really any other scene this season between um, he, who, he Who Remains and Loki. But I don't know. I thought it was like, Loki is a show because I, I feel like some people are like, ah, like you like it or you, or you like it, but. <laughs> and I feel like that's the case with, especially the, the, the stuff that leans very ha heavily into like the multiverse stuff, because it can feel very chaotic. It can feel like you're being whipped around through different things because you're trying to keep track of like everything that's happening in different timelines. Like it can feel a little bit whiplashy. And so watching it and watching six episodes of that and then finally getting that moment where not only that things seem to pause, but like the characters physically pause everything and it gives you a moment as a viewer, at least for me, to be like, oh, wait, now I'm really paying attention because I want to see like and hear what exactly is going on because before that happens before um Kang pauses the timeline and before Loki knew that that's something that he could do because he didn't really have control over his time slipping like it just felt like it's like Groundhog's Day and some me like I I love a good a good Groundhog Day type storyline but after a while after you've gone back so many times you started to be like oh my gosh how many more times are we going to go back can it work this time are they going to get out of the loop like after a while you just want to break out of the loop and so being in that loop for so long and going back and then come back to them and it's like nothing's working nothing's working nothing's working and it just feels like you're do go 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 and then that that's that pause was like oh thank god <laughs> because i needed that um, and clearly Loki did too, because he's like, I didn't even know I could do that. And then he started to do it, um, once he got control over the time slipping. But I just think that whole scene, just how it played out, um, the dynamic between the two, like you, it was a pause, but also you felt like the tension and you, it felt like a, a lot of like mental work was happening there. I don't know how to explain it, but it just felt like a lot of like mentally each character were like going, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but I felt that I felt like that moment was a um, a moment in the show that really really worked. Overall, the show worked in general, um, especially when you think about everything we've gotten on Disney Plus. I do think that Loki, overall, when I compare it to, and you all know I don't do like grades or whatever for TV shows, but when I compare Loki to the other Disney Plus um, Marvel shows, it does sit high. <laughs> in that comparison because overall like if, if the story feels tighter it feels like we're moving towards something a little bit and even this even this uh season like we move towards an end and I did say um in the Marvels like there was, I was like oh Loki there is something that I do want to talk about and I'll put a pen in it and I'm going to talk about it because as I was sitting there so we have a whole moment they have a conversation and then Lo and then Loki has a conversation with, with Sylvie when he's pretty much like this is what's been happening I've been time slipping and um in order to save the time loop uh he who remains cannot die and ultimately that means that he would have to kill her and then she says some line 
um, again, paraphrasing along the lines of like, why do we have to do what he said, what he says we need to do? Again, I am hardcore paraphrasing this, so do not take it um, as exactly what she said. But essentially, why do we have to, why can't we have a chance to try, we can create our, create our own future? And that was kind of like the unlock for, I think, he, I felt like Loki had a couple of unlocks, but that was like the second unlock for him, where it was just like, wait, why do I keep trying to go back in time and like save something that clearly has been designed to uh, fail no matter what, unless we do this specific thing. But what if I do something different than what is expected of me, which is when we see him then go out um, and pretty much say like a, a goodbye to his friends. Uh, and, a, and the line that he used is apparently a throwback to a line from Thor like the original Thor. Again, I got this from the article, so this is not my notes. I would have to find it. But essentially, let me see if I can get there quickly. So he says, the, which was part of the script, was um, I know what kind of God I need to be. And then the part that Tom came up with, or not came well, he was like, oh, what if we do this? Essentially pulling from Thor. Uh the original Thor back thing over 10 years now. My gosh, it's been so long <laughs> where uh, he pulled in the line for you, for all of us. So that was kind of like his goodbye to them. And then we see him take hold of all of the branches that are literally chaotic um, when he walks out the door and then he essentially builds his own throne. And now he is, essentially the God of the universe, like overseeing all of the different branches of the timeline, which brings me to what I wanted to hit on, which is, I was like, granted, we, we are moving and we've been moving into a new phase or a new era, I should say, <laughs> of the MCU. And I've talked about this a lot, um, especially with the movies post Post Endgame, but also post um, Spider-Man, the second one after Endgame, where, was that the second one or the third one? The third one, <laughs> Spider-Man 3, the third one after Endgame, where um, we're kind of ushering, ushering in, we could say a new generation. I feel like that feels cliche. And we're seeing a lot of like the people who have been like the staple figureheads of this franchise um kind of move out and make room for like that next generation of people to take the reins and it's not gonna lie it's been a little bumpy <laughs> it's, it's been a little bumpy I think it's, it's still a little bumpy especially when you consider the Marvels and the Marvels performance for it to be a again if you want to hear what I have to say about the Marvels go and listen to it I might be in the minority, but I actually overall enjoyed it. But if you want to hear everything that I have to say about the Marvel specifically, uh, go and listen to that episode. It's right before this one. But especially when you look at the Marvels being the um, the lowest the lowest movie as far as like um, having the lowest opening weekend, I think it was like forty six million or something like that. That is considerably considerably low, even when you compare it to. Eternals, which 
I've talked about I've talked about all the, all the MCU stuff. So if you if you want to know my thoughts, <laughs> you can go listen to that episode. But even when you compare to Eternals, which um, I think that didn't at least if I'm remembering correctly, I don't remember the totals that it made, but I'm pretty sure it was on the lower end when compared to everything else, and also the reception compared to all the other movies. Um, was a little bit lower, which is why I was like, uh, it's been a little bumpy because phase four, essentially, I had to pull up, pull up my list because I need to make sure that I have the phases right because there's so many freaking movies. Yeah, phase four, that's when we got Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, Spider-Man No Way Home, Doctor Strange, and in the Multiverse of Madness, Thor, Love and Thunder, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, um, and then some TV shows. <laughs> but that's when I was like, every single movie, I was like, uh, I don't know. I don't know how this is all going to tie in. And then we went to phase five um, when we when they were like, this is what the phases are that are coming up. And we're like, oh, we're now in the um, multiverse saga, which makes sense based off of kind of where things were how things were shaping up where it was just like what the fuck is going on <laughs> like i don't understand what's happening here and then when they're like oh this is what this this saga that we're in is called and it's like okay i can see i can see where we're trying to go but i think it's still i don't i don't know i don't i don't know i i think there is a multitude of things that are happening um just in general, which is why I think we're still going to be on a little bit of a bump for a little bit. I didn't talk about the next and um, when I talked about the Marvels, I didn't talk about what's coming up next in MCU, which I guess I could save it for after this to talk about it. But we're going to put a pin in this and we're going to go back to Loki just so we can wrap up uh, the Loki <laughs> discussion. But yeah, overall, that's what I was like. And the whole point of me talking about all of like the Marvel stuff is that we've just been in kind of a a bumpy thing where we're, we're in been we've been in this transition period, and you would think the phase four was the transition, was the bulk of the transition um, period, but it's still a little bit happening, and there are still a few familiar faces faces that we're seeing, Loki being one of them, and so then it begs the question of like. Is this the end of Loki? Will we see him again? We are in the mul the multiverse saga. He is looking over the timelines. I think he could potentially maybe, maybe we see him again. I don't know because I don't know where we're going. So I don't think like it's 100%. We're never going to see Loki again. I think if anything's possible. But it also makes me just think about Loki, Loki's character and like the evolution of Loki where he's literally been here for so, so long He's one of the beloved characters that we've gotten to see throughout <laughs> throughout this entire thing. And like the, when we were first introduced to him, he was introduced to us as a villain, especially if you're not like heavily entrenched in the comics and stuff. And again, I don't even know what happens in the comics, so he can have like a similar story. But then I find that sometimes the comics, like the ones that come out after, kind of seem to pick up a little bit from what's happening in the movies I don't know I could be making that up but again I don't I don't read the comic books but um we're introduced to him as a villain we've seen him like struggle with he's just been one of those characters where you just relate to him because he's 
been had moments where he's been bad he's had moments where he's been good he's also a little bit kind of selfish so you do see those moments peak out a lot but especially when we let up to when we first when he we see him initially die in Endgame where he essentially like sacrifices himself for his brother and we know how that relationship has has spanned across multiple movies so he's always been this this I don't want to say tragic character but this character that's just been you love him because you get to see him be and go through all these different things and emotions and moments and all that. And so then we got, got to see him in Loki. And again, it's kind of similar to his relationship with his brother, where he's kind of at the other end of where he used to be when we are first introduced to him. So you, we do know there's some compassion there. He has a heart. Um, he has He can reason he can make good decisions, even though there's still always someone in on a, on his shoulder being like, hey, maybe we can do this other thing. But like, we know that's all there inherent, inherently. But I think that of all of the characters that we've seen in the MCU, he's probably had the best like story arc. <laughs> when you just look at it all, we look at it all across everything. And that just ran through across my mind as a sinner um, and we're watching or where like I'm watching this with you all, but I was watching it literally by myself with my dog. <laughs> but I think that's the thing that crossed my mind as a sinner watching, watching him uh, pulling all of the timelines or the branches together and like creating his throne. And like, essentially, I literally wrote my notes like he's literally sacrificing himself for the greater good <laughs> um but he I think in that moment I was just like oh my gosh he's had the best like in that when that it wasn't even a long a long scene but in that all the different versions of Loki that we've gotten went through my mind I was like he's had he's had a good he's had a good run <laughs> He's had a good run. So if anything, I do appreciate um, Loki for that because it does feel like as a viewer and seeing him in so many things, you do feel like you get an ending and an, and an emotional ending without, without him, without us having to see him die again. Let's just put it that way. Uh, so again, he's on his, his throne of branches. He's overwatching the timelines and it kind of brings us to after where we see um them all kind of like having their own like mini endings so we get to see most of them stay with the TVA we do see Morbius go back to Ohio so we don't know if he like what if he like comes back or whatever but it does feel like everyone gets an ending and then and after I wrote this in my notes 616 is that in reference to Ant-Man and the Wasp like there's a um a comment about 616 and everything that happened there because I guess they were looking for all the variants of um he of uh, he who remains and then they mentioned 616 and then in my notes I was like is this referencing at man and the wasp I don't know y'all let me know <laughs> but I don't know so we have a couple things that I do I I want to hit on I want to hit on what's like what's next as far as like 
the multiverse is concerned. And then, which I guess is, is not two things. It's like one thing because it's all related. And then what's coming next as far as in the movies, which I think I'm going to have to go to my Marvel's movie notes because I put that in there and I don't even think that I talked about it. Um, yeah. Okay. So apparently, <laughs> again, this is going back to the um, article, the interview with Kevin Wright when they're like, so what's what's, what's next? What's happening? Like, we don't know. He, I think he even gets directly asked about Jonathan Majors. And of course, he's going to tiptoe around that. <laughs> he was not going to answer that on the way. He was like, I'm going to try a real, real light here. <laughs> You're not going to like what I have to say. But essentially, he was like, everything you need to know about what's coming up was said in the moment where um, Sylvie... Sylvie's line to Loki, which again, paraphrasing, um, because I didn't, I, again, this is from the article, so I didn't put this in my notes, but I have an article pulled up and I feel like it's always hard trying to find specific things when it's interview style because they don't pull out the quotes for the interviews anymore, unless it's an article that's referencing an interview uh, from a different article, then they'll pull out the quotes, but the actual interview article does not. Uh, but essentially, she says something along the lines of like, the future belongs to us. <laughs> like, why can't we, um, why, why don't, why does, why can't we have a chance? Um, the future is in our hands. Something along those lines. Apparently, everything that she said there is supposed to give us insight into what's supposed to come in the future i reread that while i was watching while i was reading that article i even looked for a different article to the kind of like recap that article and i was still like i don't know what this what her line is telling us like are they saying potentially that um because they try to take control, like that's what causes. Because Kang and I can't, I can't remember everything he says, but something along the lines like if he, if he's not the one overseeing the timeline, essentially it will release chaos, and then all the timelines will be fighting each other. Which to me that speaks to uh, the final or part of the uh, the two part Avengers finale, which is the Kang dynasty. Like to me in my mind, I'm like, okay, that got to be talking about that. <laughs> up to that but like again we diverted from the plan so I don't know what that means I don't know I don't know okay I found it because I was that was that was starting to irk me but essentially the interviewer was like with Loki in charge of multiverse this could affect how and if we might see Jonathan Majors Kang the conqueror in future Marvel projects for you where does this finale leave Kang and his future in the MCU so mainly the future of Kang in the MCU and then again, I told y'all he was going to tiptoe around it. He's going to be super light. <laughs> but he said, I know all the filmmakers agree. We think everything is there on screen. I think all the details are there. And there's a lot that people haven't picked up on. I'm the people in that group who have not picked up on <laughs> or haven't fully understood what is being said. Again, I'm that I'm the people who don't fully understand <laughs> what's being said. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, he also says the key to the future is in that conversation with Sylvie. And this doesn't necessarily undo any of those threats. In my mind is what Sylvie said, at least give us a chance. Let us fight that battle for ourselves and define our own destiny. So maybe, okay, now rereading that, mind y'all, <laughs> I just said that I reread this multiple times before I pressed record for this episode. And I was just like, I don't know what he's talking about. But now you, you see how you see, you see how God works sitting here. <laughs> reading this right now I'm like oh wait a minute I think I might understand and just this little line is it saying she's saying give us at least give us a chance which is what prompted Loki to be like okay I'm gonna take it into my own hands and he becomes the person who oversees the timeline but then the second line let us fight that battle for ourselves and define our own destiny so is it them fighting the ba the battle against king and define their own destiny i don't know i feel like that can be interpreted in many many ways but in my mind i was just like huh maybe it could be that i don't know but <laughs> that's what he that's what um he left us with so if if you are in the group of people who understand or are in the group of people who have picked up on it please enlighten us enlighten us but that moves on to the final thing that I want to talk about, which is what is to come. So next, when we think about Disney Plus, we have Echo, and that is supposed to drop January 10th. The next movie that we have is Deadpool, which that seems so far out. I need to double check that. But when I, again, I'm referencing my The Marvel's notes. And at that time when I pulled it, I had Deadpool being the next movie, which is just july 26 that seems pretty far and i say it seems far just because we've gotten so much marvel content in a year like when you think about the number of movies that are dropped the number of tv shows and so the fact that and we usually get something in the spring and so the fact that the first thing is in july and at the end of july that does not that does not seem right um but if it is right that's the next movie so this is the first that that Deadpool will be in the MCU, that will be interesting. I think people are the most excited or there's more the mo more anticipation about this movie. When I think about everything that's happened in the last couple of years, really, um, in the MCU, and Deadpool has a, a strong uh, following. People are enthusiastic about it, love... Um, seeing Ryan Reynolds. Yes. Ryan Reynolds. I don't know why Ryan Reynolds doesn't sound right, but seeing Ryan Reynolds as um yes, Ryan Reynolds. My gosh. Clearly my my brain is being like Eva wrap this up. <laughs> but I think people love seeing him as uh Deadpool in our and also because this is the first time again that'll be in the MCU or part of the MCU there's this anticipation of what that would look like and what it means for a lot of the characters that come along with it, specifically um, our mutant friends. <laughs> we do have a, a couple now, but like the ones, and that's only because we now can have, have them, but specifically the ones who we haven't seen in a while, like what's gonna happen. Um, so I think there's a lot of anticipation with that. So I think we're gonna see Hopefully things turn around um, for Marvel as far as overall performance for 
there or for the movies. But yeah, and then after that, the next thing I have on my list is Agatha, uh, which is Disney Plus, and that doesn't have a date, but it's just I just have Fall 24. And then also for next year with no dates, Ironheart and Daredevil Born Again, which I'm excited about Daredevil. If you are a long, 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 long time listener, then you know how much I loved Daredevil when it was on Netflix. So I'm excited to see um, that back as well. But yeah, I'm like looking through my list because it doesn't seem right that Deadpool is the next thing, but I guess it's the next, it's the next movie. It seems far out, but <laughs> what do I know? Things are delayed. So, I mean, I guess that makes sense. But anyway, so that's all I have for Loki. I want to know what you all thought about season two of Loki. Uh, how things ended with Loki. How are you interpreting where we're going um, as in like this phase of MCU and what's to come? Are you excited about what's to come? Let me know all the things and I will talk to you all in the next episode. That's the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking through it to the end. Be sure to follow me on all the social media platforms at Currently Binging on Instagram and at Current Binge on Twitter. Also, hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on, and I'll talk to you in the next one.